Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait, I left something of myself back there along the way? Well, if so, then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place. We know that modern women are rising, but we don't do it by fighting. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. And here in this space, we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity. And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Hello, I'm Sarah Poet, and thank you for being here. It's so, so my pleasure to bring this podcast to you. I really love that you all loved the episode with Shade Ashani last week on the father wound. Wow, a lot of feedback on that one. That one hits home, does it not? If you haven't checked that out, Shade walks us through archetypes of women and how we relate to men and how we can see how our father wound is playing out and knock that shit off. So welcome back. This week we have Nadia Moonla, and I cannot wait to get to this episode. It's so rich and full of wisdom. Talking about embodiment, yes, but also leadership and sustainability and various topics that really, uh, I, I just really appreciate how Nadia put these things into words and how she embodies this truth that she walks with. So I thought first I would share a few reviews with you and say thank you to those of you who are taking the time to log on to iTunes and leave reviews. I know it's not the easiest thing to do and so it takes a minute, but it really is such an amazing way to um, just let me know that this is working out for you. Um, so thank you for taking some time to do that. Jen A147 said, this podcast is truly a breath of fresh air. These powerful conversations are contributing to a much needed conversation about creating a more harmonious culture from the inside out. I've already experienced significant shifts in my thinking, and I've only listened to two episodes so far enjoy five stars. So thank you so much, Jen, for taking the time to do that and for listening. Um, I just can't express enough how wonderful it is to hear that this is reaching you and that it's getting to places that may be taboo in other circles. That's really one of my main goals here. <laughs> and so we have another review from Nobstren, um, who says, this is so needed. This podcast talks about things that you won't hear many other places, but desperately need to be talked about. Women's journeys back to who they really are. If you feel like there has to be more than this, quote unquote, then give this podcast series a chance. 
Thank you so much, y'all. This is so exciting. So we are coming up on one full year of the Sacred Remembering podcast, and I think that we should just throw a birthday bash in December. So I'm going to organize that. And um, thank you so much for being here. If you want to, you can go ahead and flood the internet with your Spotify and Apple reviews. And that's super, super helpful. Um, Would love to hear from you. Would love to know how these episodes are touching you. We're also on Facebook in the Sacred Remembering group. It's totally free. We talk about topics from these episodes and more. Uh, really love being there with you as well. You can always find me at sarahpoet.com. Please know that it is time to get on the waiting list for um, the next iteration of the Sacred Truth Mastermind for women who really are ready to stand in the sacred truth of who they are owning the voice, owning the inner truth, and owning the fuck out of the fact that you are sacred and the truths that are coming through you are sacred as well. So um, head on over to sarahpoet.com and get on that waiting list. And I cannot wait to get to this interview. So let's do it. Today's guest, Nadia Munla, is an embodiment coach who guides women to sensual nourishment, authentic expression, and embodied power. She teaches women to stop managing their bodies and start loving them instead, so they can feel confident, sexy, powerful in business and the bedroom. Through her one-on-one coaching, embody dance classes, and embody teacher training, Nadia has guided thousands of women across five continents on their journey back to themselves. You can find her at NadiaMoonla.com, EmbodyDanceClass.com, or join the conversation at the Embody Community Facebook group. Hi, Nadia. Welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. I'm really excited to talk about embodiment today and hear about it from your perspective. And you and I are just getting to know each other. So I love, I love interviews like this where everything is kind of a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Yeah. (laughs) So will you introduce us to you and what you're offering in the world in this embody practice? Mm. Yeah, so I'm an embodiment and intimacy coach, and I work primarily with women to really um, get them back to a place of sensual nourishment and embodied power. And, you know, the the simple way of saying that is, you know, reconnecting to their body um, so that they can trust her to be their number one ally. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. sensual nourishment. Mm. Uh those yep. words together are so delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And you do a lot of work with um, women in leadership, which is a passion of mine. And yeah. I would love to just dive in right there since you opened that way with the, with the sensual nourishment and, you know, we're not really taught to live this way. Mm-mm. So, Oh my God, not at all. <laughs> right. So you work with women leaders and what do you see? Uh, so much burnout, so much mm. burnout and um, just 
feeling like we need to follow a formula that's been just passed down to us by the patriarchy um, and, you know, online marketing and sales tactics and, you know, at least in the world that, that, that we are operating in and working in, that's really what I, what I see because I'm primarily supporting, I would say women who are also, you know, entrepreneurs and work, they're soulful um, service oriented um, folks. So they're, they're very much, uh, focused on some sort of social impact and they're doing work from a place of um, love and desire to change things in the world. And so, so we, we tend to operate in that world, but really it, it's across the board. I mean, I, there's like a random phase I went through where I just had like so many lawyer um, clients, people mm. in the legal world. And um, it's the same thing, right? Across the board, really, it doesn't matter where you go. You see these women in leadership positions who, are still operating in the old paradigm of, you know, got to push through, got to hustle, got to do, got to, you know, productivity, blah, 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 you know, operate from the, the neck up. And it's, um, everyone's catching on to the fact that it's just not sustainable. And I think for me, my passion is like, how do we make everything sustainable? Oh, I love that. Sustainability is the sexiest thing. It doesn't, you know, no one really markets it that way, but like it really is. And I think that's where that's that's where we need to have our eyes on, right? Like that's the goal for humanity is like more sustainability in every way. And so if we are going to, as you know, leaders, figure out in our own lifestyle how can we be more sustainable, um, just in our relationship with our body, which then becomes sustainability in the relationship with our business, which then becomes sustainability in, you know, our relationship with the planet. And so it's all yeah. connected, you know, what's individuals collective and vice versa. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think that, 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 that piece is really, really key in a lot of what, what I'm seeing. And so then, you know, we're working on, all right, what is your unique soul's expression in the world and how can we like deprogram and sort of the way that I like to think about it is like strip off the messages from the patriarchy off your body, literally like a striptease. <laughs> yeah. You know, like how can you have this be a dance of liberation where you're just pulling off all the excess stuff that is just not yours to come back to this place of what, you know, what you call sacred remembering, right? So yeah. it's like, how do we find who we actually are in our core? To our the core. world told us. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. So much. Okay. Now I'm just going to dive right in like you have. I so appreciate it. Like this just opened up so much. So I want to share here. Um, okay. I just ran a launch like right before this is going to um, go live in a couple of weeks, but I just ran a launch and my launches are like pretty healthy at this point, you know, that, that um, drive and <sighs> The, I don't know, it's still emotional, but like I don't hustle anymore. Mm. Uh, no, that's not true. Of course, we all hustle and we're trying not to, but um, like that's my goal, <laughs> right? <laughs> Is to just like really do it with this beautiful um, relationship focused, you know, masculine, feminine, balanced um, approach. And, you know, there was some like fear that was setting in and, and things like that. And I noticed the hustle. And so one thing that comes up 
around what you're saying is like, just because we're doing this entrepreneurial thing, just because we figured out a lot doesn't mean that it all kind of like the mainstream hustle goes away when we venture into these, I'm going to lead with my my heart and soul and do this business. Um, we really still have to shake these tendencies of the patriarchy, including hustle for oh. a while. So for so long. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I was really like, I was confused about this in the beginning. I really didn't think that the tendrils would, you know, sort of haunt me for as long as they have. (laughs) It's so deep. It's so deep. And I I, I really, I I hear what you're saying because I'm also launching a double launching actually. Uh, And, and you always have to, I think it'll just be a never ending journey of us, like watching what our patterns are when we do get into that place of, um, things accelerating energy, you know, uh, up leveling, like there's just so much that shows up. And for me, a, a really fascinating uh, moment that I had, I would say, I think it was like a year or two ago, was realizing that the way that I, you know, at that point, I think I had been, I had had my coaching practice for about five years or so, that even after all the work that I've done, that I didn't realize I was in relationship with my business and looking at my business like this like male dictator that was oh, like wow. forcing things on me and oppressing me <laughs> with mm. the to-do lists. <laughs> and um, and so what I did, and hopefully this is you know really helpful for everyone listening, mm-hmm. what I started to bring in was actually the work I had been doing with sacred sexuality, with polarity, with relational dynamics. And I started to feel into, okay, so if I somehow unconsciously relate to my business as this like loud dictator, aka basically a representation of the patriarchy, um, even though I've been working so hard on really bringing in so much feminine energy into my business and my business itself is about supporting women in finding their feminine energy again. You know, what was it that I needed to do? And I thought about like, okay, how does my body feel? Um, the safest in like divine masculine energy, like what, how am I able to really relax and be the most vibrant version of myself and as a feminine creature and what came to mind was um, actually like like a hot like Zook dancer. I don't know if you're familiar with Zook. It's a partner. It's a okay. Yeah, it's a it's a partner dance. At first, I thought it was tango, and then I was like, "Oh no!" Actually, the partner dance that I'm looking for is Zook. And um, if anyone goes to Google and look it up now, like, oh my gosh, it's so hot, it's steamy, okay. And mm-hmm. and what's so beautiful about that dance is you don't really you can't tell who's leading and who's following nearly, you know, you just, it's just becomes Mm. like one beautiful, like infinity sign that's swirling back and forth. And in my practice of doing just very, very minimal um, partner dance, and also just in relational dynamics, I started to understand that there's this way in which the masculine can come and hold you and hold a structure that doesn't feel oppressive, but that really is supportive. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And so once I started to relate to my business, it's like, oh, wait, hold on. Every time I'm noticing it, like me fighting like a little girl against this dictator energy, mm-hmm. what I actually need to do is step into, you know, the energy of, um, you know, sovereign woman, queen, whatever you want to call her, um, and feel what it's like to actually be held by a structure that's loving and supportive. Beautiful. Okay. So what I just launched is called structure and flow. <laughs> uh-huh. And, you know, okay. So it's like a, a 90 day planner system to recalibrate time and energy, but to do so through the lens of feminine and masculine. Uh-huh. And, you know, so in the masculine section I have, okay, we can take action in accordance with, with those truths and desires and, and the, the depth and the intimacy, we can take action. And I have this categorization um, of physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual action, mm. right? And that's kind of how I recommend that we do daily practice or how we you know, continue to challenge ourselves. It's like, okay, what am I doing in each of these categories? Where can I take action in each of these categories? And what I have found really consistently is that the physical category as a female entrepreneur, um, always questing, always like wanting, you know, deeper soul immersion, all of those things. The physical is the thing that I actually struggle with integrating and challenging myself and um, enjoying mm. um, not always like you know this morning I did a, a class um, and felt really awesome afterwards and so you know I have these different practices but when you were saying I think you were talking about um, when you were talking about sustainability this mm. is what was arising because you know, the physical is, is like, we need to sustain it. It's where we live. And I know that this gets back um, to your work, but what I know about myself, and it's an area of resistance too. It's like, what I know about myself is that these patterns from the patriarchy, the patterns of like, you know, fear of expression and, and really moving myself and really living into my fullest expression from tracking in the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual. It's the physical where I know these patterns are living and I'm also resisting, you know, so I'm I'm getting on it. I'm like doing something about it, but it's really fascinating. So I just share that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, you know, real life example with like, this is, you know, if we have pain in our body or if we're, you know, doing some of these hustling tendencies, that kind of thing, it's, it's going to show up in the physical. Yeah. Well, the body is such a portal and um, both into pleasure and pain, like the whole human experience. So, you know, I think the terror that sometimes comes very unconsciously that has us resisting, like dropping into our bodies, even for five minutes, um, is usually because there's an underlying fear, you know, that, oh, well, I don't know what's going to come up because the, 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 there's so much, you know, the, the feminine is, is 
is unpredictable, right? It's like a storm. Like, you don't, and then it's the, well, it's the weather actually. So one second, it could be a storm. The next second there's rainbows. And like, you just don't know what you're going to get. Mm. <laughs> and when we wake up and we're like, well, we're on a, a regimen. And by, you know, 1030, I have to be on this podcast interview. And it's like, oh, well, if I sit down and drop into my body at, you know, 10, and I think I'm going to just do something for five, 10 minutes. But then what if like a well of grief overtakes me? Like, how right. do I show up to my 1030 appointment? <laughs> like, so right. I think often it's, it's just that it's like a, it's us trying to, you know, control essentially our, um, mm. our experience uh, throughout mm. the day. And sometimes, you know, I mean, it's understandable because it comes from a responsible place of like, well, I don't want to not show up to my commitments and I do have to function. And maybe I have a kid I need to drop at school. And maybe I have this other thing that needs to happen. And, you know, and so, um, I think the best thing that we can do there is like really be so incredibly compassionate with ourselves. Um, and also go, all right, well now it's been three days in a row you've been doing this. So like (laughs) perhaps maybe just, you know, create more space on your calendar. So you have more time to actually be in the process um, or what is it that you need, but just asking yourself. But I think that's usually why, you know, we think it's as simple as like, oh, well, I didn't do my plank today. Yeah, <laughs> or, no. you know, I didn't sit down to meditate for five to 10 minutes. And it's like, yeah, it's actually a lot, you know, it's, it's not just about that, you know, it's about right. the, the terror of like, existence, (laughs) just sort of big, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the feminine is like, uh, yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's unpredictable. There's darkness there. There's, there's the stuff that we haven't preferred to look at. And that's what I discovered in using this like boost structure and flow was that, oh, my masculine is kind of staying on the surface and my inner feminine is staying on the surface. And so exactly like what you were saying, you know, I was like, okay, this inner masculine really needs to hold the space for my feminine to go deep, you know, so like each gotta, uh, gotta um, upgrade. Um, What I would love to ask you about next is your experience of sacred remembering, because you weren't always an embodiment coach, I assume. Um, And so I really love to to ask about um, the trajectory and just what pops as wanting to be shared from your own story um, today. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I definitely did not did not come out um, as an embodiment coach um, <laughs> out of out of my mom's belly, but I'm sure I was the most embodied I probably could have been uh, when I first came out. And then, right. of course, as life you know as life goes, uh, it just starts to plaster things on you. And so, for me, I happen to be uh, to have chosen, I guess, to be born into war. Um, I was in Lebanon in the Middle East, and um, pretty much the first seven years of my life, which as we all know, like are pretty much the the most important uh, years yeah. uh, in your development uh, were the years where there was a lot of, um, I mean, just so much on my nervous system in terms of never knowing like when the next explosion was going to happen and sort of always being in that place of holding, like literally wow. just holding, grasping, like waiting, anticipating, right? And so when your first seven years are like that, even though at the time, like, I mean, I was just like having my childhood. I mean, it was a little weird of a childhood, like half the time I was in an attic and like we didn't 
have electricity and like, but it was still a fun childhood. Like I have beautiful memories of it. And it wasn't until I got into this work in my thirties that I was like, Oh wait, hold on. <laughs> oh wow, This must have taken such a huge toll on me in a way that I didn't really understand until now, because it wasn't until I understood the nervous system really, really well that I'm like, Oh, Oh, that, okay. That's a big deal. And so I would say the combination of growing up in a way as like a, a you know, a little bit of a war baby. And then um, like any, and most uh, young women, unfortunately, there was just a series of violations um, that I had to experience as I was growing into, you know, my sexuality. And uh, by the time I was like 16, I had like, you know, back acne and two ulcers. And it was like, just like a hot mess in my body. And so of course, what's that? That's a recipe for disconnecting even more because you're in so much pain. So I was in physical pain all the time and just learned to operate from the neck up and ended up working in the film industry. I was a a film producer, um, really, really like successfully and doing that and hating it. Like I was so good at it, but I just hated it because I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't eating like healthy foods. My body was just like, nope, that is not going to work for us for the rest of our lives. So again, going back to sustainability, I hit that point that a lot of us do where we go, wait a second, if I ever want to actually be happy and like be a mother, which was a big thing for me at the time, like I can't operate in the spot. My body's going to give up way too soon. And so I I completely shifted gears. And interestingly, the way that that started to happen, the the seed that was initially planted was when I had started uh, taking classes in sensual feminine movement. Hmm. So I was still in film, but I started and that was like, oh, wait a second. I purr in the dark every Saturday. This is really healing. And so I stopped going to therapy and switched over to like essentially investing more in like embodiment. Mm. And uh, it was a few years later that I personally began my journey as a coach, but that really planted the seed. And I actually ended up becoming certified to teach that particular uh, style of movement um, even when I was still a film producer. So I really think that was the portal mm. in for me in terms of uh, just coming back to a remembrance of like, wait a second, I can just be in this sort of like indulgent, sensual, yummy space with my body. And it's actually the core of my power as a, as a being. Mm. And I feel like everything after that just sort of started to unfold from that seed that was planted um, with me making the decision ultimately not to go to the gym again, <laughs> but to go to a pole dancing class. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that story. I mean, being in a war for the first seven years of your life is so huge. I just really want to acknowledge that. And so I'm wondering if, you know, for women who are listening and, you know, are, are in this like point of awakening. I was actually just writing about this in my memoir. So I was like, "Uh, let's not skip over the, you know, when you're a woman and you don't know that the trauma is living inside of your body, like you think that a fractured nervous system is the norm. Can we go there for a minute? Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. I, you know, the first thing that I teach every single one of my clients, no matter what program they're doing with me, it doesn't matter. Like I get into like, here's the two minute science lesson on, you know, the nervous system, (laughs) because I think even just that you, we don't need to become like experts in it. You don't need to go do somatic experiencing training for three years. Um, all the more power to you if that's what you want to do. And Mm -hmm it literally takes five minutes or a quick YouTube video or a chat with me to like understand that, oh, actually so much of what you've been doing is like a state of like either hypervigilance or like total hypo, um, you know, resignation and that this isn't normal um, in the sense that it's not the way that our regulated nervous system should be operating at. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we, we don't know anymore because literally we look around and everyone is sort of in like mild, um, you know, fight or flight yeah, <laughs> essentially. Exactly. Um, and, and, and add on, you know, all the like substances and things that keep us in that state. Like we just, it's become, you know, normalized. It's all we see. It's culture. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's become the mainstream to just be always like just a little bit like thinking like, oh my God, am I going to die? Yeah. <laughs> right? What's Which the next really thing like I have a- to do? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Like, oh my God, gotta, gotta go, gotta go. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so, I mean, it's, it's a slow, it's a slow process of unraveling and readjusting and um, we're, it's interesting because this year, you know, 2020, we we're sort of seeing both sides of it. Like for some, depending on where they are in their personal journey, it actually is a lot more of a, um, you know, essentially a, a sympathetic nervous system response of like fight, flight, or freeze. Right. So you see people who are just like, so going into like, oh my God, must do more or people who are just like, I give up, right? Those are sort of the two opposite extremes. But then I think people who have been in the world of um, this work of the, who have educated themselves a little bit on trauma and their nervous system responses, they can start to pick up on like, oh, actually this is what's happening to the people around me. And also here are the moments where it happens to me. And I think it's just like an unearthing, you know, of, oh, okay, it's going to get worse before it gets better so that everyone understands like, wait, hold on. I actually can't operate in this mode forever because, right. you know, when you, when they, in trauma theory, they talk about it as like, you know, when you're in um, parasympathetic, which is the regulated state, it's called rest and digest, right? They refer to it as that. That's actually the state mm-hmm. we're supposed to be in like 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. We're only supposed to be in the, the, the other mode when there's something that's about to kill us and and our our survival is at threat but when we're operating that's why there's so much disease right we're all operating in this mode where we cannot rest and digest and so it's just being unearthed now and i i really believe that um it's good because people are being faced to understand and educate themselves and readjust their lifestyles completely yeah absolutely i couldn't agree with you more this opportunity and since COVID hit is like, (laughs) where are you in relationship to your nervous system? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then you began taking sensuality classes. Where were you living? Uh, Because that's like a big choice. You're in New York. Okay. So it was like 
city life a little bit. (laughs) I was like a mountain girl. So I was like, sensuality class was not on my radar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I was in Manhattan. It was pretty pretty much where you can get anything you want. (laughs) Beautiful, beautiful. Okay. So then you became an embodiment coach. And I I think I would love to um, spend a little bit more time you know, because I, I really just want these conversations to land um, in the hearts of women who are are like, is this for me? <laughs> you know, like, is this for me? And like we said in the beginning, the embodiment journey is a long one, you know, like I'm still on it, you're still on it. And so it's really for everyone. So where do you start with women, you know, if women are waking up to like, oh my God, I can't sustain like this. And oh my God, my nervous system is a wreck. And yeah, I don't know how to slow down or stop. And I don't even know what you're talking about with a relationship to my body. Like it Mm -hmm. works, you know, but I'm getting sicker, that kind of thing. Where do you start um, with women? Yeah. Well, it usually starts with planting seeds of safety. So that's always sort of like the first pillar um, that I go through. And uh, we, usually when women come to me and they're like, oh, I want to feel sexier. And either it's in their like relationship or just like for them in life, like they just want to feel more vibrant and alive. And um, and I'm always like, okay, that's great. We're going to get to that place. But first we need the foundation. And the foundation is like planting the seeds of safety for yourself, which mm-hmm. begins by understanding how you even operate. It also is a lot of inner child work. And it's really important to go there first because most of us are just not taught like at school or anywhere else. Like, oh yeah, it's really important to connect with this younger version of yourself that is essentially running the show most of the time Mm -hmm. um, if you let her. But if instead you're loving her and you're listening to her the same way that you would like an actual child you know, the less she's going to be running the show and the more you as a sovereign queen, you know, or like a boss in your business, like you can then, and same thing in relationship, by the way, like, oh my God, are we all like running around with our inner child, like fighting each other, (laughs) right? So it's like the more we can create space for her to communicate with us and to feel our love and for us to redevelop a a level of trust between us and this energy of our little girl, the easier it becomes to then step into the version you want to be in the bedroom and in your business and sort of, you know, the, the sensual siren, as I call her, um, and this is a lot of, you know, the, the, this archetypal work is a lot of what we do in Embody, which is a, a movement modality that I created and that I train teachers to teach as well. And it, we move through three particular um, feminine archetypes in that particular movement class. And one of them is the inner little girl and one of them is the sensual siren because you can't, you know, we can't just be in you know, focus on one or the other. It's we're like you had said earlier, we're such complex, nuanced beings. And the way that we actually can step into feeling more confident and feeling more trust in our bodies is to actually essentially develop the muscle of these different archetypes and explore them and put them on and be and feet and move through them and talk through them and voice through them and be like, wait, like, 
oh, wow, there's medicine and this archetype that I never, you know, I never realized. Or the more I, I dance with her, the more it feels comfortable when before maybe anger and chaos felt really scary for me. And it, developing that muscle is so key because going back to the seeds of safety, what it does is it allows us then to go to that morning practice that we were resisting mm-hmm. with more confidence that we can hold ourselves in it, that our inner masculine, our sort of the, the mothering energy can be there and go, all right, honey, like you got 10 minutes to emote <laughs> and then we have to wrap it up because I got to drop the kid at school. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like that we feel less of the terror of existence or a feeling because we have been sampling it and we've been stretching our nervous system into it. And so it doesn't feel terrifying to swim in the grief for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. If there's something more there. Oh no, I think that was like that, that thought there completed. <laughs> well, I just love what you're saying about trying on the archetypes and I want people to go to your website and look at the, you have like little videos, right? Little classes that they could, um, are they for purchase? And then you download and you can replay them. Is that how that works? Yeah, they're they're actually MP3s. There's no video simply ah, okay. because it's about remembering you and connecting to you instead mm-hmm. of going outward and looking at someone else teaching you something, right? And there actually is there's a free teaser class that they can they can also subscribe to that's just like on the on the homepage. So yeah, those go through all three archetypes. So it's like, a, it's just a very simple exercise in starting to drop into those different energies, not from a headspace, right? That's the key, but really experiencing them through the felt sense experience, through your body, through, you know, the way that the, the, the music moves you, where in your body you find this particular energy. What is the, the texture of the energy as you're moving through it? How does it change the way that you, you know, you, the shapes that you make with your body, things like that? Yeah, something about the archetypes is just really hitting home with me. Thank you for doing this work. It's at NadiaMoonla.com. I want everyone to know that. Um, but, you know, what I love too, about what you're saying is you're saying like, try this on. So I, in these different archetypes. And so I think, um, oftentimes maybe when women are hearing about embodiment or an intro to embodiment, or they just think like, okay, I have to be embodied now. Um, you know, all of which I've done (laughs) in my, on my journey, but when you are trying on the different archetypes, it's like, well, this is what this embodiment feels like. This is what the little girl plays, you know, and this is how she feels. And then, you know, the, the siren and, um, is that the power? Um, no, essential siren is pleasure. Um, pleasure. Little girl is play. And then our warrior queen is power. Warrior queen. Of course mm-hmm. the power. Yeah. So trying those on and, and moving the body in the essence of the archetypes, um, just, just feels really, um, empowering and yeah. yeah 
And like, I feel, you know, the thing is obviously uh, uh, there's, we have, there's so many universal archetypes in in the world. And I think the reason why these three really came through for this um, movement experience is because I started to realize later on, after I actually had been teaching the class for a while, that each one of these archetypes um, were directly correlated to um, one of the three like universal messages that I felt the patriarchy was sort of uh, plastering Mm. on our bodies as women. And, you know, they're very simple. It's the idea that, you know, our pleasure or our erotic energy is unsafe, right? So the, obviously the medicine to that is the sensual siren and her owning all of that, that play, that play is unproductive. And mm-hmm. so obviously our inner little girl comes in and helps us with that. And then that our emotionality is weak. You know, it's a very particular uh, paradigm of leadership and power that we've been taught. That's very top down. That's very heady. And we're with a warrior queen. We're like, no, this is like a chance for you to drop lower into your body and allow your intuition and your emotionality to be uh, the source of your power. Mm. That's so brilliant. Yes. Thank you for that work. And you do uh, like team trainings and things like that for women who are, you know, working in offices and things too. I don't actually, I mean, that's, that's great that you picked up on that because that's something I, I hope to do in the future. But mm. um, no, at the moment, what I do is I train teachers to teach this class. So we've got, oh. um, I think somewhere close to like 30 something uh, teachers around the world that are teaching Embody mm. right now. Um, and they will teach sometimes in corporate settings at retreats. It just sort of depends. It's something that travels really easily because um, you can literally do it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So important. And it just really opens up such a wealth of, um, well, pleasure, power and play and yeah. richness. Yeah. So you, you say that embodiment is the most important tool on the planet right now. I'd love to hear you talk about that. Why do you believe uh, that? Yes. Um, I believe the reason we have gotten to where we've gotten to as a species is because we've gotten a little arrogant, (laughs) Mm. not a little, maybe a lot. And um, I I wouldn't say this is, I mean, this is mainly focused on the Western world. Um, The Western world is, I would say, you know, sort of uh, creating the ethos for the overall planet. But of course, there's pockets where this is not necessarily happening. So it's not a blanket statement. However, in the Western world, we have gotten so evolved as humans um, and so obsessed and focused on reverence of the mind and of productivity Mm -hmm. and um, really operating in this place that we uh, have disconnected from the body and have started to feel, you know, the level of evolution we've gone through has served us so beautifully in certain ways. But what it's also done is it's had us feel like we are somehow not part of the rest of nature. Like somehow we're not part of the system. Like there's nature and then there's us. And this is the most dangerous thing possible because we forget that we are part of an ecosystem and that we aren't any better you know, but there's the superiority that started to happen around like, oh, because we have the most evolved minds that somehow nature is going to prioritize us over everything else. I don't think so. And we're seeing that right now. Right. right. And so to me, the body 
and especially our like getting connected to like our animal and primal and instinctual body is us coming back to a place of more connection to all the other animals, all the ways that um, different living creatures operate on the planet. Because we are somehow thinking we can just jump over this mechanism of um, intuition that essentially is like the way that so many animals operate. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way that they do everything is from like a felt sense experience in their body. You know, their, their brain capacity isn't that, you know, isn't right. where we are. They're doing just fine. They're probably doing better than us. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like, and um, and so so for me, I think bringing. I'm not saying okay, forget about the evolved mind and forget about all the amazing systems and technology and things that we've created. No, I'm saying we just got to bring back in the other piece of it, which is the body, which is these primal mechanisms that are very very key to our our being. And I think when we drop into that, our intuition is going to guide us back to a place of balance and more. Um, you know, harmony with, with the, the ecosystem we do live in. But right now the disharmony is simply because we're not connected. And mm-hmm. so for me, of course, on a one-to-one level, I love seeing the results of like, you know, a woman coming to me feeling really just like, sort of like gray, you know, she's just like a film of gray. And mm-hmm. she's like, I know that I've color inside of me. It's just been so long. I don't even remember. And yeah. so we go through the process of upping the volume on her vibrancy and her life starts to change and her relationship starts to change and her business starts to change and all that. And then she shifts her. And this is really why I do the work that I do is like, she starts to look at the world and her relationship to the world through her body and goes, wait, hold on. Something's wrong. Like my intuition says there's something really messed up over here. Hmm. And then she becomes an embodied leader. That's also, you know, uh, stepping into the movement and uh, the reclamation of harmony with the rest of the feminine Um, not just in herself and in her body, but in the world. And so I think that, you know, there's, it's, it's tiered, there's many layers to it, but I go in on the individual level. And then my hope is that we, the, the more we're all connected and we're dropping into our hearts and our bellies, the more we are not going to make, you know, stupid decisions that don't take into account like the, the rest of the planet. Yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. This this reclamation of the feminine and the the body is the feminine. The feminine is the matter, and yeah. so we can't just live in the cognition, in the masculine, in the mind. Um, we need the healthy reintegration of the feminine, like in all the places, in all the forms, and. Um, yeah, this is how we're going to create different solutions um, to to problems that we're seeing. And I just keep thinking about what you said about sustainability earlier in the conversation. Um, you know, if we need different ways, we're going to remember them, like through these activations in our body, through this remembrance as women. Um, it's not just going to come from continuing to sever body from the mind and relying on the mind. So I really love how, how strong you are in that stance around the embodiment. Thank you so much. (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's also like, you know, us being more sensitive and this isn't just for women to be clear. Like this is literally everyone, right? Everyone. It's like we all have been disconnected from our feminine and, um, and that's okay. We got lost along the way a little, and now we're making our way back. But the more we are sensitive, the more we can attune, you know, to actually what the world around us needs as opposed to just like, Oh, I need this. Let me go do that. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) sort of how it's been for a little while now. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it it shows up in relationships and uh, yes, yes. Between everyone on the Mm -hmm. planet. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I want to ask you if there's anything that we haven't covered that you really want to share today or any closing thoughts? Well, I mean, I think uh, the only thing I'd like to share is for anyone who feels, again, when they think about getting embodied or connecting to their body and it feels just like so overwhelming, like, oh, where do I even start and what do I do? Like, begin with a very simple practice that is one of essentially scanning your senses. Mm -hmm. So like embodiment, you know, I think the thing that people get confused about too, is they always think embodiment movement. And it's like, no, sometimes it's stillness. Mm -hmm. You can be very embodied um, just sitting there. And so dropping, you know, closing your eyes and literally just scanning through your sense of smell, your sense of sight, your sense of, Um, taste and sound and touch and do each one slowly, you know, take as much time as you need. And then just notice, like, am I a little bit more here after just doing that? And that could take 30 seconds. You can do that even with your eyes open as you do something, you could be washing the dishes, you could be in your shower. Like you don't even have to, like, there's no excuse of like, Oh, I don't have time to do do it. Like, no, you can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And, but doing that and then doing it again, and again, and again, every single day or every other day, whatever commitment you give yourself, but just as a way to start to stretch into that feeling of being a bit more. Because mm-hmm. I think often what happens once we've been disconnected for so long, and it could just not be, not just in your lifetime, but like, you know, and uh, like your mm-hmm. lineage, like mm-hmm. maybe also you come from, you know, several generations of very closed, repressed um, women. Okay. So it's going to take you a little longer. So what happens is there's so much inside of us that wants to come out that it can feel overwhelming. So if you just, in a way, it's sort of like, you know, just open the door a little, take one baby step in, like you don't need to just plunge right into the deep end. And right. and you'll see that then over time you might go, oh yeah, maybe I'll do that in body class I heard about. And that's 20 minutes. Like maybe my nervous system can handle 20 minutes, <laughs> you know, and yeah. then over time, maybe you end up going to one hour class and, you know, and then it becomes your life. Um, but start with one minute, 30 seconds, like, and just scan your senses. You don't need me. You don't need any class. Like it's just something you can do between you and yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Coming back into relationships, starting with the breath, starting with the sensations. Yes. Thank you. Such a good point. Thank you so much, Nadia, for the conversation and for being here and for doing your work in the world. It's awesome to meet you. Thanks so much for having me. It was great to chat with you and meet you today. Yeah. Yeah. So NadiaMoonla.com. Um, you can find the Embody classes there for download. And anything else you want to tell me, want to tell the listeners about today? No, just you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay. Thanks so much. 
This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.